0: <clears throat> uh <coughs> oh, oh,
1: to our podcast within a podcast pottering around the hairy brown suit and checked yellow and orange tie of Mangum Reeds. We are three muggles who are rapidly realizing that the Daily Prophet needs a Dr. Ruth. My name is Sarah. I am joined as always by my co-host BJ and Spencer. How are you all doing?
0: Uh, disappointed. I was going to show off the new suit I bought the other day but
2: apparently you've already been spoiled. So
1: who wore it what better? Is <laughs>
2: said suit? Hagrid. Like, what's it supposed to be like? You know, is, is there a, an interesting depiction in a movie of this thing? Because like, while I, the, the tie, I have a, an image for the, the suit itself. Um, while an interesting choice doesn't, doesn't bring to mind some sort of, uh, image.
1: It's, it's an interesting, I had not actually thought about this before, but like in the movie, it, this is depicted, um... Mm-hmm. This is Hagrid's go-to formal wear. It should be. Mm-hmm. It should be noted, and it's an interesting sort of like fabric in the world because it seems to be sort of pelt-like, but it has much more give to it than you would if than it would if it were like actually a fur suit. Gotcha. Um so a little unclear on like the treatment process to get it to move like a Harris Tweed while still being like a gopher. Um, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But well, we know it's not
0: we know it's not mole because that's his regular day wear. Yes, but yes, maybe, maybe vole, maybe mink. He's got options. He
1: does. He does have options, and I I do imagine that there are like there. Should Snape choose to do so, he could probably concoct some sort of potion that you could treat with, which you could treat these um, carcasses to make them a little more <laughs> supple in the world. So we do a podcast here. Um. We do. <laughs> Let's talk about giant fashion! Yes, and so, man, I I am all in on that podcast. Um, so we are <laughs> on what number chapter are we on? Why can't I ever remember this?
0: Sixteen the top of fire! <laughs> yes, the titular mm-hmm.
1: chapter of this whole book. We have finally gotten there, and we have some segments that we do here. We have a rapid fire recap, BJ's Wizard Wheezes, Newbies Notes with Spencer. Uh, we award house points. And then there are questions, queries, qualms, quibbles, and there are quotients of those that we will get to.
0: <laughs> well, to start things off, Sarah, this is a long chapter. Guys, this chapter is so long.
1: Is this another long. chapter
0: of where it's just uh, two minutes and a hope and a prayer, or do you have a goal here?
1: <laughs> well, the goal is two minutes. Um. All
0: right, we have a goal.
1: <laughs> but because of the... Uh, the particularities of the rules, it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to bet two minutes, so I am going be to bet cheering. one minute and 55 seconds, and the hope oh, and the <laughs> prayer will come with the <laughs> under two minutes. We are
0: passing a rule about that come next season. <laughs> All right. If you are ready, the novelty stopwatch is ready. Well, less novelty, but more functional. If you are.
1: Ron is particularly perturbed about the appearance of Victor Crumb, especially because he ends up s- sitting at the Slytherin table. The Durmstrang uh, kids seem impressed by Hogwarts, while the Boboton's lot... Do not. Ron is also perturbed by the new foods. Less so, however, when it turns out that a startlingly pretty girl from Bobaton wants the Booyah base. There is active conversation about whether she's a Vila, she's that pretty. Amid the speculation, however, Bagman and Crouch, and Crouch appear to kick off the celebrations and serve as Triwizard judges. Filch brings out the casket, which contains the titular Goblet of Fire. Dumbledore takes out the goblet, which spits blue-white flames. Aspiring champions are meant to write their name on paper and drop it into the fire for the impartial magical judge object to judge. Please note that an age line will be drawn around the goblet by Dumbledore himself to make sure only of age wizards enter. But if your name comes out of the goblet, you enter into a binding magical contract to serve as a champion. The feast breaks up, and Harry catches sight of Karkarov shepherding Crum back to the ship. And then Karkarov catches sight of Harry. Moody emerges, and they have a very tense moment before Karkarov retreats. Everyone's up early the next day to see who will enter their name into the goblet. Fred and George try an aging potion, which seems to work until they're magically hurled out of the circle with new, luxurious beards. They watch a few more people enter their names and then decide to visit Hagrid. Hermione thinks she can get him to join Spew. Hagrid opens his door addressed to his nines, which we later learn is specifically for Madame Maxime. They start gossiping about the tournament. Apparently, Hagrid has been asked um, involved in preparing some of the tasks. Hagrid also shuts down Hermione's Spew talking points, claiming that taking away their work would make the house el- elves unhappy. They eventually make their way back to the castle for the Halloween feast and the champion selection. Post-feast, everyone turns their attention to the goblet. As the champions' names are called there to make their way to an antechamber for further instructions, the goblet becomes more agitated and spits out its first name, Victor Crumb, for Durmstrang. The second piece of paper shoots out for Fleur Delacour from Beauxbatons, the girl Ron has been eyeing. Finally, Hogwarts, and the champion is Cedric Diggory. Dumbledore returns to his speech, but the goblet becomes agitated for a fourth time. He snatches the final piece of parchment. It shoots out and reads Harry Potter. You were slow on the click, Spencer. I want everyone to know but you. He were was slow sl- on the click.
2: Well, he was also slow on the start click. So <laughs>
1: Well, I didn't see that.
2: <laughs> B- BJ, you're the rule keeper. Does it count? Because
0: um, it's it's two for those that don't
2: see, it is two minutes sixty uh we'll have to review this on post but but it, the uh human reaction time is a thing human reaction time on start and stop i, th- I think is a fair fair average to go with uh,
0: so so this is this is a this is a, just a marginal failure then by bj's declaration okay you were close sarah that was, I was impressive summarizing that It was a lot of material yes. pa- chap- uh, pushed into that chapter thanks <laughs> <laughs> she's pissed you can't uh, win
2: them all sarah
1: i can try Damn it! Okay, what no. are we wheezing
2: about? Um, first of all, I, I, as always, will wheeze about food when there is an opportunity to. Um, it was frustratingly jarring to me for this feast to have a first course that has steak and kidney pie and bouillabaisse, and then the second course is just dessert. <laughs> and the only dessert described is basically wobbly milk and not very wobbly milk and i like i I don't know if this is just a british thing where it's just like are we're just gonna like talk about a course meal because people in france do but we're gonna do fuck all with it because we hate you all (laughs) (laughs) or what and also just the the fascination of I don't know who it is. Maybe it's J.K. Rowling. But, like, it's... There are all these magical, f- weird foods. But as soon as bouillabaisse is on the table, everybody's just like, Oh, God, what is this super weird thing? Well, Hermione, I had this on vacation. It's actually an interesting thing from that far-off land, France. The foreign country. The
0: strange, <laughs> exotic world.
1: Yes. The, that well-known other. The
2: Frenchman.
0: <laughs> well, this is the British talking. If there's ever going to be an other, it's going to be the French. <laughs>
2: So, so yeah, that, that was just a, I don't know what's going on here. I I, like JK Rowling's like interactions with food. I think it's weird. I I don't like, I think she, she probably is the perfect person for those Soylent like meals in a, in a bottle (laughs) and, and like has no actual interest in, in anything other than calories to continue writing and, and, tweets that she probably shouldn't put out. She um, seems
1: to be interested in candy, which, to be fair, would fuel both of those things pretty well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, um, another thing about the feast, which I thought was very weird, um, is that like they're judging the table settings uh, like for, from both the Bobatons and the Durmstrang, and they're just like... I feel like, in the movie, they could just be, like, pocketing some of these gold plates. <laughs> like, I don't really know what's going on. Um, and it's hilariously weird. Uh, but at the end of the feast, the golden plates have been wipe- wiped clean, and Dumbledore now can stand up. And I just sort of imagine people polishing it with, like, the-, the corners of their robes. Because, like, none of this is sensical. Like, I guess you'd have house elves do the cleaning eventually. Like, you'd clear plates, but, like, wiping the plates off is just, like, a... somebody clearly understands that plates need to be cleaned before like something happens um but doesn't actually functionally understand how that happens in real life Mm -hmm. um and so just i don't get it it's hilarious this is definitely like a an alien describing like the eating habits of humans rather than like somebody who's sat down at dinner and then cleaned up after themselves.
1: Well, because what would have had to have happened for this to even make any sense in the kind of prescribed rules of how things happen at Hogwarts is that the... The dirty plates must have been like sort of spirited away down to the kitchens for the house elves to actually deal with. But then did they spirit up like simultaneously spirit up clean plates so that they just have clean plates sitting in front of them?
2: <laughs> I have no idea. It's, it's nonsensical. And the other thing is like clearly you can use magic to clean stuff functionally as evidenced by Molly Weasley. And so to use house elves is just is a really funny like. It's a make-work thing. And maybe they are just happier doing that because, like, all of the things that they do essentially have to be a make-work thing because a reasonably powerful witch or wizard can just do it with a little bit of magic. So They can't, they can't be know. Know. <laughs> Um The age line is a hilarious thing of magic to exist and is i I'm going to argue maybe one of the most powerful spells that we'll ever ever see <laughs> okay it, it it is perfectly exclusionary and like can't be magically tricked mm-hmm. at pre- least that we see so far mm-hmm. and the precision and so, of it
0: too down to the month
2: right, and so you know you could down to the day even mm-hmm. presumably mm-hmm. so presumably with this type- this spell you could you could do two you could do like narrow it down to like a person basically you know yep. if you do it right mm-hmm. and maybe maybe that's ha- how uh Dumbledore protects the school like you know he just has an age line that everybody <laughs> above 18 can't enter like unless they're like special dispensations I, the number of things that you could do with this are impressive but mm-hmm. also you could prevent people from doing dumb things like you just put it around a bar that's like,
1: that is fair yeah
0: This is the classic example of an incredibly powerful, incredibly useful spell in the wizarding world that has only one purpose, to confront mischief. Because mischief is the only thing that happens other than the day-to-day
2: norm. Right, and I'm almost positive we will never see this spell ever again. I was just about to
1: say, this is the one and only time we see the age line employed. (laughs)
2: Yep, I, it's going to be particular to I, the Goblet of Fire, particular I, to Dumbledore, and never again. Mm-hmm. I
0: would have loved if in the last book, you know, Voldemort himself is just marching down to murder Harry and suddenly he gets thrown back and there's a giant ZZ Top beard on him or something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Though, like, I have loads of things that, have, that are follow-up questions because there's no way that anybody else casting this spell gives people white beards.
1: Oh, that's 100% a Dumbledore thing. Yeah, right.
2: Exactly. So so the question is, like, are you know, I would like to think that spells become specific to the people that use them. Mm -hmm. And so then, like, what other fallout are you going to have from other spells from other people? Um, Again, sort of a frustration that we have like this interest. It's like all of the interesting magic only happens once, never happens again, and is only specifically relevant to a single plot. In a single chapter.
1: Yeah, but the number of times we'll see Wingardium Leviosa. (laughs) Legion.
2: Yes. (laughs) Um, And also whatever Yeet is.
1: (laughs) Oh, Expelliarmus is really, yeah, is is the real.
2: Yeah, the real workhorse. Mm -hmm. Um, I have something that I don't know whether it's better to put in Quibbles, Newbies Notes, or here. But I'm just going to do it here because... Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand... Hermione was, like, salivating after Crumb, as I, I thought, when we had the Quidditch tournament, and she was just like, oh, he's, like, the sexiest man-beast ever, and now it's just, like, she can't be bothered. And I don't... She has never struck me as socially aware enough to, like, pretend, to, like, not care about something. Mm-hmm. And so, is this something that was just forgotten? Or is there something else going on? My my
0: third note for Newbie's Notes, Hermione is in a mood this chapter. Hermione just spends <laughs> the entire front half of this chapter just spitting fire and pissed at everybody. Yeah,
1: because she's real mad at the Bobatons people. <laughs> just, like, on principle. <laughs> she's yeah. just nonstop.
0: Why did you come here? Didn't you know it would be cold? <laughs> it's not that cold.
2: Yes. Like, all those things. And it's just like, well, she's not pretty. She's not that pretty. Like, really, guys, Like, it, it, this is not... Um, so I guess this is more of a quibble, but I'm going to put it here because the quibbles are much more questions. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a bad trope about male authors writing women poorly, yes. especially in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'm going to put forth that <laughs> that might be an issue in this series.
1: Yeah, I wow. actually think that Rowling is, and that's a really, really good point. Rowling is much better at writing like male characters than female characters just across the board.
2: Like, I, yeah. all the female characters have no depth, and like, I think this could, like, we could have some Hermione chapters, and this could have been mm-hmm. one of them, mm-hmm. where there's more than just her spewing her nonsense, Yeah, and that's all we get.
1: Yep. I think that that is a 100% fair point. I, you know, I think that there is probably, I don't know, I guess we could ask, and I would have had to have read more of like Rowling's adult fiction. I read the first mm-hmm. book she put, put out and like, it was pretty good, but I wasn't actually looking for this. So I'm not, I can't comment yeah. on it, but I do want my first question is like, is some of that coming from the fact that while we are in a third person narrator, like we are closely following Harry, mm-hmm. um, who is just like, maybe not as someone we're following around in the world, someone who is himself. Super cued in on how Harry? other people are thinking no. and feeling in the world, I mean, <laughs> or it's yeah. possible I mean, that she's actually just an author stand-in. And I mean, so like, having the
2: either. dumb jock being like the the narrator mm-hmm. and you know makes it a, more complicated. But I guess I would say like I know more about Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle than yeah. I do about Cho Chang or uh, Johnson, the, girl, the girls yeah. in divination. That yeah. that I feel like should. Mm-hmm. At least Crab and Goyle like Goyle should have semi equal time to some of these other girls.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... no, I think that's I think that's fair. We don't really get a like complicated female figure until the next book. And even she is like super is it relies on tropes in ways. That yeah, I, I, I mean, agree with you though,
0: Sarah. It seems to be an issue primarily of just perspective. That he's a young boy that is mostly hanging around other boys or his limited friend group, and he doesn't really venture that far outside of it. Like mm-hmm. when he refers to that other, when, when the book refers to that other girl, was like a third year, and never gives gives her a name. I almost just picture Harry just not knowing who that is.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Sure,
2: but we also have professors that are not taking up similar amounts of time for no particular reason. And we know more about Snape than we do about McGonagall. Mm-hmm. We know more but about... That one's fair, though, because
0: Snape and Harry have a, pre- have a personal relationship and connection.
1: That's true. Sure. But, uh, I mean, I still feel like I probably have more of a sense of, like, what's going on with, like, Flitwick than I do McGonagall. That's fair. Um, so, you know, that... But, like, to be fair, Hermione has not been a, like emotionally, an, an emotionally complicated character since the first book before they were all friends. And she was described as like, you know, like actually being hurt by something that Ron said. And But it seems like as soon as they became friends, like she lost all of her emotional complexity. But like that was a real moment from Hermione, yeah. I think.
0: Closest she's had really in the last three books is now, honestly, she, her, her with a cause. This mm-hmm. is the most characterization and motivation we've seen out of her in a long time.
1: Yeah, because she's like living a life outside of Harry and Ron. Which mm-hmm. yes. could have been interesting with the time turner, but like in the last book, but that was also kind of glossed over. No, the, the fact girl. that you she can... was like literally living twice as long and doing all of these other things outside of it. No, that was just homework. Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> well, also, and it was, we have a specific need in a plot point for Harry, and so this will be a through point for one of the characters whose only use is. Oh, Harry needs to go back for three hours. Mm-hmm. Let's figure this out. And the only mm-hmm.
1: effects that Hermione seemed to have been um, suffering from this, like what I would imagine, is like a both dramatic and traumatic experience of like continually going back and forth in time. Is that she's tired?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's one, it's one of those things where the butterfly effect is far inferior work compared to this. At least it went into the ramifications of nonstop, repeated <laughs> time travel. But no, that's not what we're talking about here. Uh, so the rare
1: know? fair point, BJ. Fine.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we
2: both conceded to a BJ point and
0: uh, inform the presses.
1: Passes the House <laughs> and
0: Senate,
2: gets yep. approved by the President begrudgingly. Yes. <laughs> Sign into law. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, I'm done. Sponsor, go for it.
0: <laughs> okay. Of all the things that you know, st- you know, stress my belief, push me to the brink. Well, the thing I have the hardest time accepting here is at the start of this chapter that Ron doesn't know that Crumb goes to school. Like, no. That's just dumb. No, a Ron would know that. Ron would know that his birthday. He would know where he went to school. He'd know everything about him. Plus, they'd be marketing that. If he's a child prodigy, that's going to school while also being on the national team. That'd be part of all of the all of the press releases.
2: I think the only people that seem to do any marketing are Fred and We uh, are Fred and uh, George George for for their tricks. Like no one else actually advertises
1: it was just what was it the world cup the birdie bots every flavor beans and yes. the uh some sort of cleaning clean. solution quick it clean a
2: cleaning product yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so that that is not a thing in the real world they'd be advertising that all the shit it'd be the first thing to be mentioned in every interview it would have come up ron would know but whatever um i'm curious as to what houses our other schools immediately cozy up to because, you know, Durmstrang, we've already had hints that they're a bit Slytherin in terms of their overall school mindset, so mm-hmm. that's in keeping. But Boba we haven't really know much about them yet, so the fact that they almost immediately go to the Ravenclaw table is interesting. Mm-hmm. I feel like that may give us a bit of a hint into their style of teaching, their style of schooling. And the- For how much
2: interaction J.K. Rowling wanted to write. <laughs> <laughs> <But> no, well, <laughs> Maybe that's a little bit mean, but it's also, it's also kind of interesting that like, this seems like the entire school shows up and, and it may not be that, but like, it's insane to me that like, they're not a lot larger and a lot more like maybe split up into houses in a similar way, or they just decided that this like wasn't a good way to go. I mean, I I guess it's very British versus non-British schooling, Mm -hmm. but it seems surprisingly minimal in terms of, like, the number of students and, like... Because Harry says at one point, there's only, like, 20 new people in the room. Like, yeah. he, he, he even says
0: that the room it, it feels stuffier, even though there's only, like, 20 new people. So I, I interpret that to be that only those that were going to put their name in the cup showed up. Only the elite... Sarah, you're nodding your head. That's how yeah. we should read this.
1: Yeah, I think my understanding is that they they certainly only brought the people who the students who were of age to be able to enter in the first place it might also mm-hmm. be that they have sort of whittled down that pool as well um, to only the people who are interested in likely to whatever whatever um insert their name in the first place and this gets borne out a little bit later in the chapter when we have the mm-hmm. two separate at least we see all of the Bobaton. Contingent. We see both. Put we their see name everybody. In. Yeah, I couldn't remember if we saw it, it or if yeah. somebody just said the Durmstrang crew has already been here. Yeah. and everybody put their we, name in. Whatever it was.
0: Yeah, we, we have heard and confirmed that both schools, every single one of their members, put things in, which mm-hmm. put kind right. of Hogwarts in an awkward position. of they're like, hey, every one of them is in this, is someone of us going to put our name in? Please. Yeah.
1: And also, we have to put these restrictions up only for our own students because yeah.
2: <laughs> they've already been selected, which is also very interesting thing for something that's presumably a large event Mm -hmm. that they're keeping it under wraps in the uk but nowhere else because everywhere else they've like selected and so presumably it's not like they're aware Mm -hmm. i guess nobody has pen pals
1: yeah didn't percy have one like once
2: Feather friends? What
0: is it? It almost factors into a stereotype the British have about themselves. If we're, a lot of their literature, they always, they always write as if every other nation is better organized than they are. They're I always mean, just kind of a, a disorganized, kind of vague functioning. Well, every other nation has their shit together. Which so also bears
1: out in this chapter a little bit.
0: Oh, just a bit. <laughs> um, as said, Hermione spends at least the first two-thirds of this chapter just in a real, real piss of a mood. She is just spitting fire constantly. It, caught me off guard because usually Hermione's almost I wouldn't call her necessarily the most socially aware but she's at least occasionally less likely to stick her foot in her mouth compared to some of her peers but she's directly going after people throughout a lot of the initial part of this chapter Um, it says something about my sense of humor that when um, Hermione identified what they're eating as booyah base and Ron said bless you I laughed out loud (laughs) for some reason reason I found that really amusing it's also a word that I only know as a result of Gordon Ramsay Um, let's see here the Vila girl the Vila girl. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Because A, Sarah, you've told us before that Vila and other non- non-human creatures don't attend school.
1: Well, Well, I think we Ron's had questions about Vila and we didn't know, but... Horny
2: enough that he thinks she's a Vila.
0: Well, it doesn't seem like he's alone. She's either that hot or there is some element of magical effect going on here. Because everybody else in the room was being dread their eyes drawn, too.
1: So, I mean, this is, I guess, a little bit of a spoiler, but it doesn't really matter. She's half, she's half Vila. That's a thing, mm-hmm. okay. which nobody else knew either. I think she's half or a quarter. It might have been her grandmother who was a Vila.
0: She she has Vila blood.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well. But like the just bizarre assumption that Ron seems to make actually bears out in the world. <laughs> well,
0: it's it's interesting too because this is further proof that Harry seems at least vaguely immune to the Vila's charms. We'd seen that before at you know the World Cup that he was one of the few people that after his initial exposure seemingly was
2: able to just kind of shrug it off.
0: This, this is another moment of where the rest of the boys in the room are
2: enraptured and Harry just like, Hey, yeah, here's the, here's the food. I mean, Harry's just self-absorbed enough that things like that and the crucifying, the, what is it? Cruciatus uh, curse. Yes. Cruciatus curse. He's just like, this doesn't make sense.
0: I'm too. <laughs> is this factoring
2: into your theory that Harry can't love anybody more than himself, and so certain effects don't work on him? There's well, there's that, but also I think this is much more fitting. in the uh, Harry's the one that's writing this as a memoir, and mm-hmm. so there's no way he's gonna make himself look bad. Ah. Sort of.
0: I'm with you, I'm with you.
2: Uh, another thing I found very interesting: Moody and
0: Karakoff. Two of them were staring daggers at each other. I mean, like, Karkaroff purposely was at the door to the purpose of... St- Moody was purposely at the door to st- for the purpose of staring daggers at Karkaroff. Mm-hmm. Particularly when... Ca- I'm pronouncing it right? Karkaroff? Karkaroff, Karkaroff yeah. Karkaroff. Particularly when Karkaroff started to seemingly be very much fascinated with Harry for a second. Mm-hmm. So, Moody, we know, has a list of people that he would love to murder. Uh, that list is getting longer the longer we know Moody. And I think we have another addition to it of somebody who may have had a prior series of uh, run-ins or maybe plausible deniability when it comes to me, when it comes to the idea of being a dark wizard. Which, given what we've heard about Durmstrang before, would not come as too much of a surprise.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, why on God's green earth would Fred and George think for even the slightest damn second that Dumbledore hadn't proofed them from getting into the Goblet of Fire?
1: <laughs> it's it, really just for them. I mean, it's just like... No, there were other
0: people, that's right. It was, there, were, there were a few other people. I think Lee Jordan was also maybe involved, too. Um, but it's one of those things of where, guys, you, you're impish. The Dumbledore was impish like three generations <laughs> before you were. <laughs> this man has lived and died that shit for, genera- for just years upon years. Of course he's got a plan for you. However, uh, just in terms of like the usefulness of that spell, the instant ZZ top beard that would have a marketing advantage too. You could sell that kind of particular effect as well. I also feel in like terms Fred of- and
1: George might be logging that away for a future,
0: <laughs> yeah. for
1: a future toffee. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> uh,
0: also, in terms of hair, I very much right now sympathize with Hagrid's hair uh, and his desperate failed efforts in terms of getting it tied back into a ponytail. Maybe it'll pull that off for certain courtroom hearings, but beyond that, it just kind of fluffifies.
2: I mean, uh, we can send you some axle grease uh, if it'll help your cause. I am using
0: various equivalents to, to mixed effect. Uh, um, also, I, I just I'm
2: also you, you reminded me talking about uh, the group of boys. Ron was hilariously obsessed about where everybody was going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. especially when he was
0: following the Vila girl around, which was creepy. It's like he yep. followed her home to see where she was sleeping. It's like Ron, I know you're like 14 and don't know better yet, but dude, learn from this, please. That would be a good use for the age spell. Uh-huh. Uh, also, if Hagrid is excited for the final test, for the first test, dear God, mm-hmm. what does that mean? That's not good. The man's only excited about beasts that will kill you.
2: Are there beasts that will kill you in the first test? I mean, I have what a feeling it's going to be a uh, a test that you might get screwed a little bit in. I have no
0: idea what you're saying. Uh
2: the blast-ended ra- scroots that we already saw?
0: Oh, has he been breeding them for that purpose? No, 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 no. No, no. no, no. It's something' be something bigger and more impressive than that. They're not using insect aggressive insects as the first test, but I'm betting it's something animal-related that will murder you, because that's the only thing that ever gets Hagrid out of bed in the morning. Uh, Dobby is one hell of a repeated, ignored example. It's like everyone just says, the house elves, they love it. You, you would leave them abandoned in the world. And then someone mentions Dobby, and everybody just goes, <laughs> he, he's I mean, super he weird.
2: There are weird people in every race, and he's just weird. <laughs> he is
0: your only data point. You can't write it off. Um, also, Hagrid and Vaccine. Oh, mm-hmm. he got dre- he got dressed to hit on the big giant lady. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: He <laughs> likes <laughs> the big giant lady. It seems like a trope that we've seen elsewhere.
0: <laughs> he likes big women, and uh, also according to you, McGonagall.
2: <laughs> I, I think Hagrid likes anything that walks, but thinks he has chances with other with some select few.
0: Hmm. Also, can I just say how uh, this is the weirdest statement? I felt such house pride when the Hogwarts hero is a Hufflepuff.
1: <laughs> oh, we've got you, Spencer. Yeah, Hufflepuff power. So here, all right, man. Spencer's <laughs> very excited to root for Cedric Diggory. He's gonna have his scarf on, his little badger hat. It's gonna be great. Damn straight I am reading those chapters in exactly that way. I know. I was so excited for you that knowing that the Hogwarts champion was going to be a Hufflepuff, except.
0: Well, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> of course, Harry has to come in and spoil my fun. <laughs> what am I supposed to make of that? I mean, I figured, figured Harry would get in somehow. Yes, this you did mention that the... in, a,
1: in, a, in a previous pod. Yes.
0: Yes. Given these books, given how Harry has to be front and center for everything. Uh, sure. Sure. But as a fourth name that comes out when he didn't put his own name in, there's a conspiracy at work here, and I'm curious who's doing it and why.
2: We've Harry Potter and the Harry Potter Harry Potter Harry Potter. Sure.
0: <laughs> I, 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 the only person I know is doing a conspiracy involving Harry is Voldemort. Because we saw at the beginning that Harry in some way factors into his evil plan. But mm-hmm. how could he get in? How could he an agent? And why would he care? What is the point of getting Harry's name in and Why? And who did it? I mean, uh, it's a question I'm going to have here in a second, so we'll get to it in there. But I'm just left to a certain degree baffled not only why this happened, but what is its purpose? Mm-hmm. Dumbledore getting-
2: does as Dumbledore does. I mean, like, he is, he is somebody that has complete control over all of these things and could have magicked a, a piece of paper that he pulled out of the Goblet of Fire <laughs> because... It's- that's the thing that he decided needed to be done to protect it, Harry Potter from doing something stupider or it, it, similar. I it's mean... Po-
0: it's possible. He, he certainly looked surprised at the end. It looked like he was caught off guard, but I'm sure that man is a trained actor. So who could say?
2: Or he he set a plan into motion, like, a day ago and has absolutely no memory of it. <laughs> <laughs> Take me a second to understand that. Okay. <laughs> Sarah, who won, who lost this chapter?
1: Oh, boy. Um, so, I, well, before we get there, um, I just wanted to say, BJ, I'm so so delighted to have you back on the train where you don't know what's going on and what's going to happen. <laughs> this is great for me. Um, <laughs> so just to, to put a pin in that for myself, that was that's awfully nice. But I think um, winners and losers of this chapter, you know, I think that by the time we get to the end of the chapter, I don't think it's like spoiling things to say that Harry being chosen as a champion is not great for him, uh. but we actually don't really get that in this chapter. Sure, mm-hmm. We might assign him loser of the chapter next chapter, TBD, I suppose. But um, with that kind of caveat, we have, spent, we have spent a lot of time discussing just how mad Hermione was. Throughout this chapter,
2: <laughs> yeah, and also the put down that she got from hagrid oh, yeah, that it, was it, I was going
1: to bring that up like this this complete undercutting of this thing that she has really thrown herself into that, in every other situation would have gotten her a lot of praise mm-hmm. she 's really it 's a difficult a chapter for her we don 't see yep. a lot of her near the end of the chapter, but I know at that beginning. Oof, rough.
0: Yeah. I was honestly, I was kind of expecting with her that Hagrid would be supportive. I mean, the man's half-giant. He loves non-human creatures. He's the Mm -hmm. main person that associates with them on grounds. Mm -hmm. So to have a more than a little bit prejudiced view come out of him, you can see how that in particular would be deflating for
1: Yeah. It also, like, I don't know if, I mean, I I guess I know kind of where we're going with this, but even on a reread, Hagrid having that reaction gives me a little bit of pause about the house elves Mm. and what they want. Um, Yeah. You know, it still reads as, as pretty prejudiced, but Hagrid kind of is the expert, so it's sort of like, well, I don't, I mean, maybe, I don't know. We did
0: have a moment, I think it was last chapter, of when, um, I think it was Fred and George told Hermione that, Hermione, we've hung out with them, they're mm-hmm. happy, they enjoy this. And Hermione's mm-hmm. response was classic, you know, white university intellectual about, they're yes. just brainwashed and they don't <laughs> know better what they want yet. Yeah. So I think J.K. Rowling is flirting with that concept to a certain degree, but mm-hmm. we've got Dobby
1: we yes. know
2: Dobby is a, is a point here.
1: We've got we've got Dobby.
2: Dobby is right. always
1: there, maybe and, more but, than we want him to be. And <laughs> we
2: also like have this sense of trepidation from how like all of the house elves that we've interacted have like punishments that are always leveled yes. against them when they're not doing point. exactly what whoever is deciding what they're going to be doing, and that is sort of like the. Like yes, they might be happy when they're not actively being punished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but once those punishments thing? come
1: in yeah. to play, like it is, yeah.
2: Yeah. Right. And, and but but not even that. It's just like when they're not being punished, they might be a lot happier. Mm-hmm. But that's not a they're happy. That's a sure. they're not being punished. Sure. Yeah. That's a world so. where the only
0: only concept they have of not working is a kind of electric beam to the brain. So they get they find happiness in their work by, by not having that. Sure. So yeah, okay, uh, Hermione. Then I would agree. Seems like a pretty noted loser of this chapter. Yeah, who wins though? It's a worth call.
1: We have some. It's it's hard because we actually have I think some options here. Uh, yeah. Hagrid might be finding love, which is great.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's excited about it. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. um, Where it's he going? Got it <laughs> no one he, knows. He's,
2: he's still got a bunch of scruts.
1: He's still yes, although uh, they are attacking each other, so it's unclear yes. how long that's going to go on. Oh God! Um,
0: he, he, he's not going to give her a screwed as a pet, is he? It's like buying her a puppy kind of thing.
1: TBD, <laughs> Spencer. I suppose. Oh no!
0: I was kidding. Don't no no
2: don't do that. Um, I would say Dumbledore. Dumbledore would be a, like yeah. He, Dumbledore is, I think, his happiest as an MC. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: Um, and and also got to put beards on a bunch of students. Girls included.
1: That was fun. That was fun for him. You could tell he was having. A, he was. He was there in the room. He was like he was
0: clearly. Out. <laughs> he didn't even bother to stop them. He like if at any point said no. But it's like nope. I have done this I, all. I first. just also-
2: imagine him like sitting off to the side and just giggling mm-hmm. as they walk up and just like. I want to see how long the
1: beard is this time. <laughs> he also seems to have. Um, like actively informed Madame Humphrey before this all started, that God. this might be a thing she yep. has to deal with.
0: I'm just imagining a scenario now where it's two chairs set up in a dark corner with the with the Sorting Hat and, and, and Dumbledore just sitting next to each other with like this big bowl of jelly bean swimming saying, "Just, they're going, oh, it's yes. going to happen in a second.
1: Oh yes. <laughs> so Dumbledore also had a very good day. You know, we didn't really get much of his reaction, but we got your reaction, Spencer. Oh. Cedric Diggory had a good day
0: hufflepuff puff, puff.
2: um
1: and you know what i've got to say ron also did not have a bad day um he got to watch people that he likes in the world move around
2: at
0: least two of them
2: <laughs>
1: at for least, different reasons at least two of so, them yeah yeah
2: i mean are, are we just going with he's a voyeur like this this is like he's happy
1: <laughs> i think when so just, i don't like, think gets he actually to watch wants to people, engage like, with <laughs> Because he, no he seems he terrified when he has to hand right. Fleur he doesn't the one actually. Interact with them.
0: <laughs> oh, what, what was her name? Fleur. Do I know that yet? Oh yeah, we're right. She the she same. Won. Right. Yeah, she she is yeah. the
1: champion from Bobaton. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So a d- tough tough decision to make on the winner of this chapter. So many people had good days. Um. <laughs> but I actually I think I'm gonna give it. I think it's gotta be Dumbledore for the sheer joy that he seems to be getting. Uh. From both directing these events and just messing with people, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> he really accomplished everything he wanted to. Except, you know, and this is never mind, never mind. I don't want to give that spoiler. So okay. he had a he had a good day. <laughs> good
0: uh, questions, perhaps? Questions. Um, all right. Well. I think you already confirmed that this is a kind of scenario of where the designated champions were the select few that got to come to the school. Mm-hmm. It, what, this is not in any way example, this is the entire student body. These are very small foreign academies. No. Um, following that up, the implication it seems from the description of how the tournament would work is that they're going to be here a
1: while. They stay like, the whole year. Okay. They actually don't go back to their school. They don't attend classes with the Hogwarts students. It seems like Karkaroff and Madame Maxime are doing like, I don't, like independent studies or something with them on the boat and in the carriage. Um, Man, that's. But Dumbledore would st- never.
0: On the list of things that Dumbledore would never volunteer to do, that's high. <laughs> you want me to teach you? You want me to teach twenty students all their
2: classes for a year? <laughs> no. McGonagall or Snape though. They would do it. I, yeah. Snape would hundred percent do it.
1: Oh yeah, and he'd be delighted in being irritated the entire time.
2: You'd
0: <laughs> uh, particularly, particularly be irritated if it was there were some non-Slytherin students that got named as champions.
1: Sure.
2: Okay. Bj, uh, question from you. Um, do all of the trappings uh, associated with Dumbledore are are those Dumbledore specific, or or did did they appear before and like afterwards, or Do we just not have enough, or is it too spoilery and not have enough information uh, to really go with it? Because
1: what what trappings, I guess, is my question.
2: So, like the goblet of fire, Mm -hmm. the sorting hat, sort of all of those things. I mean, Mm -hmm. the sorting hat have to have have to have occurred before him. That's Gryffindor's hat, mm -hmm. isn't it? And will occur in the future, presumably. Um, but but there sort of seem to be a lot of things that like he conducts mm. that might happen or might not, and uh, like how much of that is the head of the school does it? How much isn't? Uh, is it just something else? And, and 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 like also, do do some of these things hold true in other schools?
1: Yeah, no, that's a, I mean I think that's a that's a fair question. As far as I know, I mean you're right about the sorting hat. That is sort of steadfast in mm-hmm. um, the Hogwarts school experience. The Goblet of Fire, as far as we know, that's a kind of independent magical object. Um, mm-hmm. It might be rotated around between the governments of um, the countries or regions or what, however they
2: yeah.
1: are being, whatever the equivalent of the Ministry of Magic is. Because it does seem like Bagman and Crouch are the ones who are kind of responsible for bringing the Triwizard Tournament as well as the Goblet of Fire to, but that's not like a Hogwarts artifact. And as far as I know, it doesn't like live at the individual schools as it goes around. Although this gets a little hinky because it had been, the Triwizard Tournament had been suspended for so long before this event. Um, But I think that actually is like held by the government, um, not the school itself. And so that continues around. As far as I know, it's always been the Goblet of Fire that chose the champions. Um, Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think that like more than the objects or kind of things themselves, Dumbledore is has flair that is Dumbledore's alone. Um, Yeah. That does make things like a little different at Hogwarts. Um, Although I think that like more more actually in the movies maybe than in the books Madame Maxime is a very stylish woman who has a like, <laughs> real sort of cult of personality going on at Bobaton as well I think um, <laughs> she is deeply cool and um, I'm very into her in the world I think that she is actually more Dumbledore's ilk than Karkaroff is
0: it seems like the two of them know each other based on what, 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 already on what the pet name she called him was Dumbledore Dumbledore.
1: Yes, I think they're friends.
0: Okay. Uh speaking speaking of prior relations, do Maxine and Hagrid know each other? Is this their first meeting?
1: I believe this is their first meeting and that Hagrid Aww. is just starstruck by Oh. And possibly by the horses that she brought. He likes the big lady.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I think that's enough for me and Sarah. I think you need to be headed out anyway, so Anything else to discuss? Or do we have chapter seventeen? We have chapter seventeen. The four champions.
1: Yes, this is a much shorter chapter. Um, the four champions. What is our oh our image before for Indeed.
0: the Harry with a long shadow with apparently a mark in the middle of the shadow too, unless it's just an error in my book. I
1: think it might be a printing error, but it does almost it is almost reminiscent of his scar appearing in his shadow.
0: <laughs> middle of his chest. Yeah.
1: Oh no, I'm I have a a. a I don't have that.
0: Yeah, I okay. don't, that's it's just a funny year. <laughs> just a year. But. I would have dwelled on that for hours.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm glad we can get you that time back in your life. Spencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Appreciate
0: it. <laughs> but y'all, this was a pleasure. I'm looking forward to the next chapter.
1: Yeah, this has been fun, guys.